So there I was, sitting by the campfire, keeping it real. Yo, what's up, everybody? This is JJ Martinez. This is Big Jeff. And this is Beauty in the Beast Mode Podcast, episode lucky number... 13, baby. 1, 3, 13. We've come this far and we will continue to keep on going. Do you understand what I'm saying, Big Jeff? I understand. As long as they keep listening, we'll keep putting it out. As long as you love me, I don't care who you are. Do <laughs> you badly right now? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of you, man, I've, I've noticed over the past few episodes, every time you say human or huge, <laughs> yeah, what do you notice about it? <laughs> that you use a Y instead of an, instead of an H. It's my New York accent, brother. Dude, I've never heard my parents use a Y instead of an H. Well, they were from Brooklyn. Okay. And I'm from Long Island. Ah, Long Island. Uses a Y instead of an H. Got y- it. Yep. Like Long Island is L-O-N-G, but we pronounce it L-A-W-N-G. Long. Long. So... And like upstate New York, they're almost like way up there is like almost some country folks, so they'll have a little twang to their accent. I'm a little bit country. I'm a little bit Long Island. Damn right. Yes, sir. This, yes. Is, this is like a variety show today, huh? Uh little singing, yeah, dancing. Like a little bit of Wayne Brady or something. Nice. since you and I have just got to sit down and shoot the shit. It has been. Yeah. We did a couple of interviews. We did a couple of interviews. They went really well. Um, the, that was episode 11 and 12. 11 and 12. 11 and 12. And now it's time for us to, to rein it back in a little bit and bring people up to speed on um, a day in the life of Casa de la Fremen, or a week in the life, rather. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But one thing, you went, so you're at home alone right now. I am. Like Macaulay Culkin. Call me Macaulay. Call me Macaulay. Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> that fake. Don't give me that fake ass laugh. Who was that? Hey, at least I didn't say right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Move on. <laughs> um, you went to, to the movie yesterday? Went to the movies yesterday. Saw The Conjuring Part 2. And you said you didn't sleep. For those peeps who have seen it, all I'm going to say... And if you've seen the preview, you know what I'm saying. When I went to bed last night, around 3.30 a.m., as I shut my eyes, all I saw was the, the nun. That's all I'm saying. Yo, why are you giving out spoiler alerts already, man? It was on the preview. It was on the preview? Yes. Okay. All right, I'll take it back then. Thank you. I don't do the spoilers. Yeah. Uh, anything else been going on recently here with you, Jeff? So... A couple of weeks ago. So the family is in uh, New York and Ireland. Okay. So three weeks. Went to New York for like four days, five days. Ireland for two weeks. And then they'll be back to New York for like a day or two and then come back home. When are they due back? The 23rd. Okay. So we still have time to party. Damn right. Well, what's today's date? I think it's like the 12th or the thir- oh, 13th. Plenty of time. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh so prior to them leaving, uh, we had a nice little incident. We were having a get-together at our house here. <coughs> my, uh, 
my wife loves to host parties, so we had a few of our friends over, just a couple of peeps. And probably about 12.30 a.m., 1 a.m., you know, as some peeps were leaving and we were cleaning up to take out the garbage, open the garage door, and all of a sudden the wife goes, where the hell's my car? And I look up and her car's gone. All day it's been in the driveway. So winds up that I said, where's your effing daughter? And... I proceeded to take out the garbage, grab my keys, go look for her. So I went up to the gate station up the road and didn't see her there. Drove to a friend's house. She wasn't there. By the time I got back home, the car was in the garage. So sure enough, she she stole the car to go drive her friend home. She has her permit. She has her permit. She does not have a license. So... License to drive. License Corey to drive. Feldman. Corey Feldman. She, she did. She. But I mean, at least be smart. You know, wait till we're sleeping <laughs> to grab the keys. That's slick. She pulled it off while, like with all of these people here. Yeah. Man. And I mean, like if they would have hung out an extra half hour, like I would have never known that she was gone. But it just wound up. See, karma, baby. Karma comes back to bite you. You're gonna, you're gonna do something wrong. Get it? Nice. You are right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But you know, it's funny because I look back and I say to myself, "Yeah, you stole your parents' car when you were a kid." Man, I never did that. I never stole my parents' car. I did, like a whole bunch of times. I remember. I, I think the worst thing I did with my parents' car was I scratched one of the rims. Driving home after prom, like pulling into a Taco Bell or something like that. Right. The girl, the, the girl I went to prom with, I, it worked out for me. I didn't have to take her to a fancy dinner because she wanted Taco Bell. She wanted uh, one of those Mexican pizzas. Nice, dude. Mexican pizzas were the jam back they were the back jam. in the day. They, still have those? they do, they do. Huh. But Taco Bell now, to me, Taco. To, <laughs> listen, we're gonna have problems here today. Uh, so, Taco Bell, Taco, Taco. Bell, mm-hmm. tastes weird to me now. It, it, it does taste a little weird. Like a synthetic taste or, or something. Man, all that shit is synthetic, man. Like, oh, yeah, it's all microwave crap. Yeah, yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. So. Not saying I don't need it, but, you know. I hate Taco Bell now. So, I do like nacho cheese chalupas. Uh, yeah. So you do like Taco Bell. Like and Nacho Bell Grande. So you do like Taco Bell. But, I don't, don't, but I don't like it now. Those were my favorites back in the day. Oh, okay. so, so the kid, back to the kid. So I look at it and I say, I did the same thing when I was a kid. Like, how harsh can I be? Because right. I don't want to be a hypocrite. That's not fair, though. Like, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. But why, like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what a name is? What? What? It doesn't matter like what you did as a kid. We're in a different world, man. Yeah, but still, I mean, she screwed up. So the punishment, so she went away on this trip, and I got her phone and her iPad locked up in my room right now. (laughs) So, like, she has no, she can't call a friend, she can't hop on the internet, she can't do any of that. That stupid Snapchat junk that she does all the time. 
it's junk. I agree. I agree. Snapchat, we talked about this a little bit last time, social media piece, and I know that you're not a fan of it per se, um, it, and I think it's a necessary evil for obviously pushing the podcast out and, and uh, trying to, to market what it is that we're doing and what it is that I do with comedy and everything, but so I think it's a necessary evil in that sense, but I hate it, bro. Yeah. I, it's really starting to get to me. See, like, especially with you, because you've got so much going on that, like, you're on, like, every single social media outlet and, yeah. like, posting this, posting that to, like, six different things. It's like, Jesus, how do you even keep up? Yeah. It, it sucks, man. Like, and I, I feel like it's starting to take more time away from what I, I feel is really valuable about life things that I should be paying attention to and maybe bettering myself in certain ways. I do feel that. So I understand what you're saying. And I think that it can be ways that you can use it and still be able to uh, maintain a high quality of, of personal life. Uh, like limit yourself, you know? Right. Be disciplined about it. Give yourself an hour and maybe in the morning, an hour maybe in the evening to do it, or 30 minutes or whatever. And I'm talking about from a marketing standpoint, right? Right. Like go on there, do what you got to do, post about shows, about whatever, whatever, however it is that you use it. But people just get into the social media life, and that's that becomes their life. And right. it's terrible. And I don't want my daughter to do that, you know? So I'm really starting to think about at all the platforms that I'm on now. And how to leverage them to the best of my ability for the, the podcast, for comedy, right. for some of those aspirations that I had. Aside from like getting on there and scrolling through everybody's timeline and everything like that, I just I, I can't do that anymore, man. Yeah, I well, can't, brother, it's just taking up too much time from life, man. You know what's funny is that so Steve Jobs, the guy who like invented all this crap that we're on and obsessed with all day and all night. So when at his house. He actually limited his kids to one hour a day to use all this stuff, all the gadgets and devices and stuff like that, because he had that big, damn, I said it, damn it, because um, he had that fear of totally the family disassociating itself with each other and, and just being zombies it's on consuming, the devices. It's addictive. And from a relationship standpoint, I also feel that it's not the greatest thing on earth, you know? I think that uh, it can lend itself to cause problems in a relationship. I was reading some story about some girl that was on Snapchat that uh, found her ex through Snapchat and like they started having this dialogue through Snapchat and then, like, it's it was this entire thing, but then it was just, like, kept them connected in a weird way while she was in another relationship. Wow. Like, I read that story the other day, and I'm like, that can damage relationships. Sure. You know? And, I, yeah, I, I definitely want to limit it, man. I need to limit it more, and I want to limit it more, and I want to get out here and read books. Yeah, walk, good one right up there, brother. You know, walk, take a walk on the beach and just... Listen to the waves. Right. You know? I don't want to walk on, I'll walk to the beach and then I'll sit <laughs> and listen to the waves. <laughs> 
So let me ask you something. So what's been going on in uh, your house and life the past couple of weeks? The past couple of weeks, we've had a, a couple of great comedy shows, I think. Um, a couple more people reaching out for, for me to do some comedy in, in different avenues, uh, different venues, which is pretty cool and, and exciting. Uh, we had a big show that you, you put the invite out on Facebook, on social media, right? All I did was throw an invite out. That's all I did. Yeah, well, we, well, you packed the place, and we, I think we had a great time. So that was a pretty good show. Yeah. Uh, working on building time, working on new material. Um, what else, man? What else is going on in my life? I mean, other than that, like. So I was watching something. So my daughter, I got I got a plane ticket for my daughter, so she'll be coming later on this month. So that's exciting. Very nice. Yeah. And she stays with you for like a month, right? Yeah, she'll stay with me for like a month. She's getting older. She wants to spend more time with her friends which uh, I'm questioning nowadays. You know, again, it comes in, it comes back to the social media. You look at, you can see everything and you can see who they're hanging out with and who's commenting and what kind of pictures are going up. Right. And then you start to get all these thoughts in your brain about what the hell is going on with my kid. Like, this person look like you start to judge. Yeah. Right? As a parent, and that's, and it's tough from being so far away, so I hope that uh, we can apply some of those tactics when she's here this this summer and put some of the social media down and just focus on us and our relationship. Good, brother. Yeah. Well, it's important, too, like, we're trying to teach them, too, like, you put this crap out there on these social media things. It's out there forever. You know, like, like it's funny. When you go to search somebody's name now on Google, not that I'm a creeper, all right? I don't want you to get that idea. But, like, if even if I do myself, like, stuff from, like, my MySpace account from, like, 10 years ago pops up, like, pictures. Dude, I haven't even tried it. Do you still, do you still, do you find your MySpace account? Yeah. It's still up? Yeah. Wow. Still. And I haven't been on in, like, eight years. That's crazy. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I mean, they can damage themselves. What if our daughters want to run for president, right? Mm-hmm. And winds up that... Here, here it is. Well, yeah. Oh, don't even. But I mean, here it is. You have pictures of doing like funnels of beer and smoking a bong and doing this, doing that. Like, oh, here it is for everybody to see. Yeah, I, I tell, I tell people, your status can kill your status. If you think my dad used to say it as a kid in a different way, you can have a thousand attaboys, but one all shit messes everything up. Yeah. He used to tell me that when I was in the Marine Corps. He's like, you can have a thousand attaboys, but one all shit will mess everything up. And that's the same thing. with Your status can kill your status. Yeah. You think you're at a certain level. Um, you think you're looked at a certain light. You post one picture. You, you respond to one comment in a certain way. And all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, this person isn't the person that we thought that they were. Because everybody starts to judge based on that. Well, that that's kind of shitty because like when you think about it and I think it's also a curse of social media that when you know sometimes people need to vent and I think that in this day and age nobody talks to each other anymore nobody picks up a phone and talks so when you're talking it's either a text message or you're sitting there posting something on Facebook like so now people's venting is boom on Facebook Instead of like picking up the phone, and, are you seeing spirits? No, I'm looking around because you're mentioning that. I'm like, do you even have a house phone in here? No. Exactly. Cell phone. 
cell, all cell phones, like. I thought you saw the nun for a minute because you were looking around there. <laughs> I, um... we, we, are, we are probably getting one, though. Now it's freaking me out. Stop looking around. Getting a spirit or a, a house phone? No, a spirit. <laughs> apparently, my, like, apparently my dad said sometimes that he's seen spirits and stuff. Uh, do you believe in spirits? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yep. I, I want to take it down. A, I mean, with... It's good. We're just shooting the breeze. Yeah, yeah, but um, I believe. I speaking of, have you ever? Do you have you? Do you ever think that you've seen a ghost or had an experience with a ghost? Yep. In, like, not an experience, like or been haunted. <laughs> 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 we like we that, went down to like Sparrows. changing shifts and it's, it's middle of the night a couple guys were up because they were on, on duty and I'm sleeping in the back of this building uh, Camp Lejeune, North Carolina um, out at the ammo supply point and I'm sleeping in this room which is at the end of the hall the, the bed is kind of near the window and there's like this wall locker there kind of blocking uh, and it just see it was like a very tight space and all of a sudden I feel like I'm being pushed down into the mattress, right? Like, I, they talk about, like, just, like, weight coming down on you. Like, I feel like I'm getting pushed down into the mattress, and I can't move my arms, and I'm trying to shake, and I'm like, yo, are these dudes trying to, like, blanket part of me or something? Like, what's going on? Like, I'm not that bad of a dude. <laughs> I'm me, man. So I'm trying to move. I'm trying to shake things off, and then it, and it felt like it was a long time. So I thought, like, the punches were going to start coming, and, and then, like, I, I, I finally start to get to moving, and I jump up, and I look around, and nobody was there. Damn. And I was like, oh, hell no. And so I run to the door, and I open the door, and the light's on in the hallway, and looking down, and the guys are just down there, they're talking or whatever, and I was like, there's no way that these dudes were able to run down top me and get out of here, close the door, and run down the hallway, and I can't hear them. I think... That was an experience. Ooh, damn. Dude, creepy. Like, I'm, I, and, I, listen, I, I'm so going. what's the scene? So you're laying on your back and just I'm all of a sudden? Because I was going to say, if you're laying on your belly, it might have been Tony <laughs> in the next bunk. <laughs> I was the only one in the room. Damn. Yeah, man. And afterwards, like, I was okay. I could poop normally. Like, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it was none of that. Damn. Yeah. That's freaky. Jeff, yeah, I yeah. have some things that are on my heart. All right, let's hear it. I normally, we'll come in and we'll kind of shoot the breeze a little bit and catch up on the weeks past. Um, and I have my phone is buzzing over here. My apologies. So I was reading into, you have daughters. I have a daughter. Yep. I was reading into uh, the Stanford rape case. Okay. 
and I asked you to read that letter before uh, I came over today. And it, it really makes my stomach turn. Uh, a, very, a very detailed letter from his victim. Uh, and it, it, it really weighs on my heart. <clears throat> you know, I, I'm 37 now. And growing up, my father was very much uh, trying to, to get my brother and I to be chivalrous and teach us that and put women on a pedestal and treat whoever you're with as a queen, um, treat all ladies as a queen respectfully, never raise your hand to women, do the right things by the woman. And that's how I've, I've tried to live my life with respect to relationships and being around women. And I'm not saying I'm a hero. I'm not saying I'm the best dude out there. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, I haven't uh, been in relationships and, and and I haven't mistreated women. And I've, all, I've, I've always tried to keep that in mind about being chivalrous in my dad's words. And by no means am I perfect when it comes to how I treat a woman because nobody's perfect. But to think that like somebody could do something like that and think that it's okay. That's the worst part about it. Makes my stomach turn, brother. And makes me very concerned for women, more for my daughter. As she grows up, she's going to be 16 years old. There's going to be parties. There's going to be dudes drinking. There's going to be I mean, she'll partake in the drinking, I'm sure, and have parties or whatever. I mean, I hope that I raise her to be uh, uh, wise enough to, to not get into any foolishness. But, dude, and don't get me wrong. Like, I, I like sometimes you hear about these cases, and it's like, and immediately some people think, well, what did the woman do? Yep. Right? And I'm, I, at times I might have thought that. Well, what did she do, you know? And that's, and I read this letter, man, and I was just like, wow, like that's so wrong of me to even make a notion that any female in that circumstance just to pass judgment, you know, right. without knowing the, the details. And so when I read that letter, I was asking myself, how I am with women and am I living every day by the teachings of my father and by how he wanted us to treat women and am I giving my daughter the right tools 
and helping her in dealing with situations like that. And there are dudes out here that think it's okay to just talk to ladies anyway, to disrespect women, to put their hands on women in certain ways and think that it's all right. And if I had the ability to, to, to talk I just want to know what's going through their heads. Like, what makes you think that's all right? Because you're bigger than somebody? Because you're a male? And you think that that's what the female wants? Man, get the fuck out of here with that, brother. Like, I'm serious, man. Like, the audacity of some people to think that it's all right, that you can talk to a woman, that you can treat a woman like like they're nothing, like they're less than you? I think that a big part is, let's say, not having the teachings of like your dad had with you. Mm -hmm. I think part of it is them feeling that they're not responsible for their behavior. Mm-hmm. I also think that part of it is, and I'm not one to sit here like when stuff was blamed on music, when people did stuff and they went to blame the music. But I think when you're watching TV or movies and this is constantly what you're seeing, you know, I think it's part of the problem. No, brother. Are you serious right now? There's a choice. You have a choice to make when it comes down to it. None of those people from the movies from the music are right there with you. Like, there's a choice there. There's a clear choice. Absolutely. But I'm saying when you're sitting there watching something day in and day out, like, let's look at the porn industry, mm-hmm. okay? And in the porn industry... They have all of this stuff where women are devalued mm-hmm. and treated horribly. And I think that you have now a generation of boys watching stuff like that and then saying that, oh, that's how it's done and, and that's what she wants and, yeah. and stuff like that. That's what I meant by, mm-hmm. by that. Along with not having a proper male role model in your life. And I agree, it's a choice. Like that dude, Brock Turner, chose to do what he did. Mm-hmm. And it's sickening. I, I just don't know what's going on, man. Like, like, did you ever see the movie The Accused with Jodie Foster? Mm-hmm. So look at that. Just where would these men get off thinking that that's okay? You know? That any aspect of that is okay. Right. From the initial 
like the initial, this person's been drinking, I can take advantage of this person in any way. Like to, like you're talking about full on rape, but in any way, in the way that you communicate to that person, in the way that you approach that person, like to think that any aspect of that is okay and that somebody is willingly giving themselves to you because of drinks or because that's what you want to hear. I just can't even imagine my daughter, like my daughter going through this stuff. That's all I think of too when, when I think of that is my two girls and, you know, in the letter, I think one of the worst parts was when she was saying that the guy still hasn't even acknowledged that he did that to her. So even after everything, he's not coming and saying, yes, I did this and I'm sorry. It's just sickening from the way that he thinks to the way his father thinks to the way the judge thought. I mean, my God, it's disgusting. I hope and I pray that I've never come across in any kind of unmanly, ungentlemanlike way with any female that I've encountered. I mean, listen, do we all have bad days and do we have fights with our girlfriends or wives and stuff like that? Yes. But I think that's to be expected, but don't disrespect, don't devalue, don't make them feel worthless. I think you hit it on the head with devalue, thinking that somebody is less than you, yep. thinking that that's what somebody wants you to do. Yep. On what planet? On what planet is any of that okay? We've got to do better. See, I don't... And recognizing the signs, man. Recognizing the signs of scumbags. And knowing that they're... And seeing a pattern or something like that. See, you're always going to have piece of shit men. Mm-hmm. You're always going to. Right. I had friends growing up that always cheated on their girlfriends and just that's the way that they were. Mm-hmm. Even the way that they were as they got older in life as well. So to me, no matter what we do as a society to teach our boys on how to be men, you're still going to have that percentage of people. You know, there's always good, there's always evil, there's good people and bad people, and no matter what, you're always going to have that. But if parents would do the right thing and fathers would be the role models for their boys and teach them, actively teach them as they grow up how to teach women, there'll be a smaller percentage of those pieces of shit. It, It makes my chest hurt. Like my heart goes out to this victim and to all the victims and to any female out there 
that has been treated poorly in a relationship that has been devalued that think that that thinks that it's okay for a man to approach you in a way uh, that is 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 less than anything than you being treated like a queen. That's it, man. Like if you're not being treated like a queen, if you're not being respected, if you're not being spoken to the way that you need to be spoken to, the way that you want to be spoken to in a relationship, or even in a conversation with somebody, don't mess with that person. Recognize the signs of these scumbags out here. And it's not, I'm not saying that it's on, it's on, it's not on the female, it's on the dude. That's what I feel. It's on the dude. Like you got a choice to make. Like you said, it's good and there's evil. And that's, those are evil people, man. Yeah. And recognize the patterns. I hope that my daughter recognizes the patterns of scumbags and stays away from these dudes. That's, that's the biggest thing. Recognize it, stay away, don't get involved with it, you know. I think the worst part after is the hollowness, the broken person that's left behind questioning what did they do to deserve this. And just that innocence and the happiness just torn away. And nobody brings it on themselves. Nope. Nobody brings it on themselves. Nope. It's just, there's a choice, and that boy makes the wrong choice, and you didn't bring it on yourself. And it's not on you. story just really hit it really hit me in the chest I don't understand how the judge can rule like that as well you know just the judge ru- judge's ruling gives an overall devaluation of this woman. The jury, the jury. Right, all three counts. Yeah. Guilty. It's ridiculous. It could have been 14 years yeah. or 15 years. Yep. Which he probably should have got more. Like in my opinion, this is just my opinion, but probably should have got more So 15 years. Right, right. So, I looked at it. I've been following the story. And when I look at that, and I say, if I had a son, and if that was my son, I look at what the father said. I look at what the father said. Oh, he's a swimming star, and oh, he had these dreams to be an Olympian, and oh, you know, it was only 20 minutes. 
So I look at those things and I say, if it was my son, I would have recommended the full sentence. Because yeah. I know I would have never given an inkling or a teaching or a thought of doing anything that would make my son do that. That's all my son. Yes, he would be my son. I don't care. You do something like that, you pay the price. Yeah. All I thought of as I'm reading all this stuff is the movie A Time to Kill. Mm-hmm. When they had the little girl mm-hmm. who was beaten and raped and Samuel L. Jackson was her dad. And when he sh- shot the guy and right. said, yes, they deserve to die. And I hope he burns in hell the whole bit. Like, right. all I thought of was that. You know, when you look at the whole thing and when Matthew McConaughey is talking to the jury at the end about shut your eyes and picture this and picture that and, and just it rips your heart apart, you know, what they go through. And my point being is I just don't understand as a father how you could sit there and stand by your son like that when you know what he did. Which makes me think that people like that, where the father is so aloof and obtuse that it passes down to the son. And is that why he did what he did and thinks that it's okay? That there was no sort of teaching there about how to be a man? I just don't understand. sign there for you to just have your way and do whatever it is that you want. Well, I appreciate, Jeff, you talking through this with me because it's something that's been weighing on my chest and I, I wanted to talk about it a little bit. I wanted to talk about chivalry and the hopes that we can somehow deliver that message to the young boys out there and the young men and the appropriate way to treat women women to know that it's not your fault and that they're worth more and deserve more than that absolutely absolutely so Jeff for the beast mode moment today what I'd like to do read a portion 
of the letter that the victim wrote. And finally, to girls everywhere, I am with you. On nights when you feel alone, I am with you. When people doubt or dismiss you, I am with you. I fought every day for you, so never stop fighting. I believe you. As the author Anne Lamott once wrote, lighthouses don't go running all over an island looking for boats to save. They just stand there shining. Although I can't save every boat, I hope that by speaking today, you absorbed a small amount of light, a small knowing that you can't be silenced, a small satisfaction that justice was served, a small assurance that we are getting somewhere, and a big, a big knowing that you are important, unquestionably. You are untouchable. You are beautiful. You are to be valued, respected, undeniably, every minute of every day. You are powerful, and nobody can take that away from you. To girls everywhere, I am with you. I know that we probably had several moments of uh, dead space within this podcast as we gathered our thoughts and try to work through some of our emotions just talking about this issue. So we apologize for that. But there's anything that I could say, Jeff, it's just that women are to be valued and treated like queens. And I'm glad that my dad taught me that. Amen, brother. Jeff, do you have a Jeff joint for today? I do. Absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing, hearing it. I actually... Have it queued up this time. Have it queued up this time. Good for you. Good for us. Just joint, baby. You tell me, hold your head up, hold your head up, and be strong. Lady Gaga. 
It's a song called Till It Happens to You. And uh, it's a song that she actually made about rape. Um, I mean, lyrics speak for themselves. You know, um, you know, everybody's saying to be strong and get over it, move on with your life and, and stuff like that. And uh, her pretty much saying, you don't know what it's like. You haven't gone through this. And um, so... So years ago, uh, when I was in elementary school, I was raped. So I know that's not the topic of the conversation, but hearing uh, your emotions and kind of listening to that song and, uh, and your beast mode moment, so I must have been eight or nine years old. And a woman used to pick me up from school because my parents both worked. And uh, she had an older son. And so one day him and two of his buddies decided to hold me down and rape me. And I never told my parents or anything. Um, I think the only person I ever told was years ago. I told my wife, um, and I just, for anybody listening to this podcast who may have gone through something like this, it's not just words that we're spewing out today. Um, you know, and like the song said, I mean... I know what it's like and I know how it feels. And like I said, that emptiness and the hollow and, and why do I feel like this? And what did I do? And it's all, what did I do? And like yeah, you said before, you didn't do anything. It's just the decision that somebody else makes and it had nothing to do with you. And unfortunately, we're just left to have all of those feelings ourselves, even though we didn't do anything. So I just felt like sharing a little bit. microphones at this table, the reason that you're at this table, behind that microphone, is the reason that you've given the voice that you have, 
just changed a lot of lives. And I hope that you can feel how powerful that moment will be for a lot of people. can't imagine how difficult it is to talk about and to open up because you never know who's listening to this. But to be able to be that vulnerable and be that personal is important and that's why we do this. Because we feel that a lot of important things need to be said. We're not, we're not the most brilliant people. We're not the smartest people on the planet. Hell's no way. Um, but we know that we can have influence. And I think that what you just did. surpasses any moment that we ever had on this show. To me, it was just too important not to <clears throat> bring it up. Like you said, somebody who's listening, if they can help them in some way. Love you too. I thank you for allowing me to take this journey with you. For having the confidence and the courage to talk about those things and to open up your lives. Open up your life to everybody that's listening. I love you, brother. Love you too, bro. Hells yeah. Till next time, peeps. Peace. Be kind to each other. That has been Yay Yay. I have been Big Jeff. <laughs>